Boys, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and uh, it is a very exciting week here in the world of LGBT in the Ring. It's a very exciting week for all of LGBTQ pro wrestling because Pride and Vibe Weekend is upon us. It's a very busy weekend whether you're in Jersey or not, honestly. You know, we have Without a Cause running, we have Grap House running, uh, but all eyes, IWTV, Friday and Saturday, 7 p.m., Pride and Vibe Weekend, Pro Wrestling Vibe back putting the doubleheader to end, to begin all doubleheaders, really, um, for LGBTQ Bro Wrestling on the map. Cassandra Cup, Friday night, the Queer Royal Rumble, Billy Dixon's final match, uh, I quit against Darius Carter, uh, and then Saturday, Paris is bumping the Legends Ball, a new class of Paris honors honorees, as well as a uh, outstanding main event with Edith Surreal, Dark Sheik, and Candy Lee, um, it, you know I, we're gonna be there in the building for that. It's uh, such an exciting moment, and obviously with that sort of uh, setting on our on our table, so to speak, it's only right that we talk a bit more about that this week as we welcome on one of the people who's going to be honored at at Paris Honors that Paris is bumping. Um, and one of the people that is vital to the journey that we've seen uh, in terms of LGBTQ identities growing and flourishing in the world of pro wrestling, that is one Eddie McQueen, the mother of House McQueen, uh, the Divas champion. He is here with us this week to chat all about um, his journey in pro wrestling and the weekend coming up and Paris Honors and all of it. It's uh, a really fun, interesting, and and vulnerable conversation that that we have, and um, I can't thank Eddie enough for taking the time to sit down and chat ahead of one of the uh, largest weekends uh, in recent mind, I guess, uh, for for himself as well as so many others uh, in our community in the pro wrestling world. Obviously, we recorded this before. Um, the the news that is broken over the course of this week um uh, of course eddie was all set to lead the house of mcqueen into battle against the house of atari led by saint sinclair but it looks like a number of the members of house of atari are not going to be making the trip unfortunately because uh, pro wrestling vibe announcing that kita and jay vidal are not going to be there due to travel issues saint sinclair you know announced that he uh, was um, dealing with uh, with COVID, um, and uh, I believe also in that same announcement, the Vanity Twins, um, there was uh, some news about the Vanity Twins possibly not being out there as well. I haven't seen confirmation personally on that. So so things are a little in flux, but that's okay. We, we roll with the punches, and, and on that note as well, um, we, of course, can't uh, mention some of the, the people that are not going to be on the show and not mention the news about Mariah Moreno that was uh, uh, announced just a few hours uh, before I sat down to record this intro. Um, uh, it, it's unfortunate 
to see that that Mariah is not going to be making the trip out there for the historic uh, main event that she was scheduled to take part in at Paris's bumping. Um, you know, she put out a very very emotional message on her Instagram account, kind of talking about the reasons why she is uh, leaving pro wrestling, at least for the uh, the foreseeable future. You know, um, there's always a chance that she could come back, but it's a it's it's a shame because you know I know she's beloved in, in the circles that she is beloved, and I know that she knows that. Um, but it is it it just breaks my heart to see her um, you know dealing with the things that she's dealing with and and not being able to come out and and celebrate um, her accomplishments all over again and and to keep adding to that that uh, mantle of accomplishments but you know pro wrestling as as you'll hear in my conversation with Eddie and so many other conversations that I've had on this show I mean look at look to to Billy as well as another recent example pro wrestling takes a toll on your mental health um and you combine that with so many other things in our daily lives that can impact those um those aspects of ourselves and it's just it can feel crushing and and I totally understand why Mariah made the decision that she made I do I hope that that she comes back to pro wrestling at some point I do but I want her to do it on her own terms I want her to be healthy and feel good about that decision I want her to take the time that she needs to heal for herself because that is what is always what is most important always 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 it's always about the people behind the, the the personas that step into that ring so us here at LGBT in the ring our heart goes out to Mariah and um, just hope that you are able to find some peace um, with or without pro wrestling, you know, just wishing for peace for you. With that being said, um, I know there are was a lot of wrestling news that broke over the last 24 to 48 hours, and you know, I don't know if we necessarily have enough room or time or really any as much information as possible to talk about everything, but. Um, obviously, from the Jeff Hardy situation to the news about you know Jake Atlas's contract status with AEW and um, the the rumors of Sasha Banks possibly being released from her WWE contract, um, all of this kind of pales in comparison to the bombshell report from the Wall Street Journal. Um, about the uh, the various NDAs and um, uh, sexual relationships with, uh, or at least one sexual relationship with an employee, allegedly, uh, that kind of resulted in those NDAs and, and how that has kind of come down on Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis over at WWE. Um, Obviously, there's going to be more reporting. There's going to be more information coming out of there. Uh, the board of directors are launching their own investigation into the the allegations. Um, that Wall Street Journal report is it reads pretty damning in a lot of ways. But you know, as with any legal matter, like these things have to play out. But I'm sure that there's going to be more information 
um, over the coming days and weeks. It's probably going to be months at this point. Um, but yeah, there's so many questions coming out of that report as well. And and honestly, I don't feel like I have enough information to really speak um, 100% on them at the moment. But yeah, this is... <sighs> Let's just put it this way. It speaks to a pattern of legal matters that we have seen play out uh, in WWE over the course of 30 plus years now. And, you know, as this continues to work through itself, as investigations continue, as, you know, whatever resolution comes from this, we just have to keep that in mind is that, you know, don't be shocked or surprised, honestly, because we, we've seen this kind of stuff before with them. And it is so frustrating so frustrating to see the the major international name pro wrestling continue to be mired um in in this sort of stuff not because the company or Vincent Mann or anybody like that like is above reproach or anything like that but because of the people that are um affected by this the survivors the people who are you know signed the NDAs and make the allegations and and are willing to speak to the power there um i don't know where this is ultimately going to land it could it potentially has the it potentially could um cost John Laurinaitis or Vince McMahon their positions with the company it could have a uh, a wide range of effects on on WWE, uh, you know. But all of that is is down the line. For now, um, you know, the nature of the NDAs that were signed um, in in this uh, new report and, and the allegations made in, in said report, those are the kind of NDAs that need to end. Those are the kind of NDAs that need to go away at this point. They need to go away decades ago, honestly. These sort of things should not be used to silence people that um, are potentially victims of you know, sexual persuasion or, or sexual harassment or sexual misconduct or any kind of workplace misconduct in, in that way. Um, I don't know. It really hurts me. You know, I, I've, in my work, you know, I obviously I, I cover pro wrestling, but it's not the only thing I cover. And and you know, working as uh, as a journalist covering like the video game industry and the tech industry, like this this stuff is rampant in in those industries as well. And you know, just for the better good of survivors these things need to end. And I think that's, that's really the only definitive statement I can make right now regarding this, um, regarding this whole situation. You know, I, like you, I will be keeping my eyes open. I will keep my ear to the ground and hopefully we will learn more. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we're going to learn more um, as all of this continues to play out. But, but for now, 
let us uh, jump right into my conversation with the Divas champion, Eddie McQueen. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am very, very pleased to have as my guest this week uh, someone who has become somewhat of an icon in LGBTQ pro wrestling circles. You have seen him at Uncanny Attractions. You have seen him at Industrial World Wrestling. And you have seen him defend the Divas Championship multiple times under the Pro Wrestling Vibe banner. Coming up at Pride and Vibe weekend on June 17th and 18th, he's going to be inducted into Paris Honors in the second class for that illustrious uh, gallery of people who have influenced pro wrestling from our community. Please welcome the true Divas champion, Eddie McQueen. (laughs) What's the tea, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I am so excited. I am so excited that we were able to get you on the show um, because like yes, I've, yes. I have been looking forward to talking to you. You are someone that, you know, whenever I first started my job, like covering this area of the industry, um, you were one of the people that, that popped up initially whenever I was watching like the, uh, the uncanny shows and it just you just have this magnetism to you that i feel it feel it just connects through the screen in so many ways <laughs> i just love being loud and gay it's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> and you are you are very very good at it might i ask oh, oh bless <laughs> <laughs> well Obviously, uh, you have a huge event coming up, uh, yes. Pride and Vibe Weekend, uh, there, June 17th and 18th. Um, not only are you being honored, but you are leading your own house into battle against yes. the House of Atari, um, mm-hmm. you know, continuing what we saw last year at, at Paris's Bumping, Solid Gold 21. Um, before we get into, like, anything else, like, in terms of, like, your, your journey through pro wrestling, I do want to talk about Pride and Vibe because this feels like the not necessarily the culmination because that kind of signifies the end of something but this like benchmark moment in what we've seen in terms of the growth of lgbtq identities in pro wrestling absolutely what does it mean to you to have an entire weekend dedicated to our community in the pro wrestling world for me it kind of feels surreal because we always do uh, pride events and pride shows. And um, I've been doing a lot of pride shows for about a few years now. I want to say the first time we did like a pride show was um, 2016, I think, hmm. I want to say. It was like late summer. Um, and, you know, the first couple of pride shows, they were, you know, we didn't have a huge crowd. There wasn't a lot of people to even wrestle because there wasn't a lot of a talent available at the time um now to what you see at vibe where it's on a level where we have literally lighting you know what i mean we have a a a, a, you know quality set like we're broadcasting on iwtv you know what i mean and not just that but we're kind of setting the standard for shows in a way like we're really bringing absolutely everything to the table when we do pride and vibe at least i know i do like and a part of that really is out of respect for billy and our friendship and you know i um 
I've grown a lot with him so much throughout wrestling. We spent so many years talking to each other and just bonding and being honestly just sisters. But yeah, I always try to give my absolute all. And I think more so both Saint and I have a point to prove, not just to each other, but to ourselves. And mm. um, I think people can feel that, that energy. In, in what way? Like, what kind of point do you have to, to prove to yourself? A lot of people think that, you know, uh, the two of us may or may not belong or that, you know, I've been told before by other people that I'm, you know, not the best representation of the community. And like, it's like, those are hurtful things to hear when you think about how long you've been doing things or like, you know, um, the years you've given to it and like the mistakes you've made and how it's so broadcasted and stuff, you know what I mean? So it's like, you have to really do a lot of self-reflecting and growing as a person to continue to be in wrestling for a period of time. Because if you don't, you're going to fizzle out, you're going to burn out, you're going to get bitter. You know what I mean? Um, the point I'm trying to prove is that I have talent, I've got what it takes, and I should be everywhere. No, I I could definitely understand that. I could definitely see that. And you know, it's interesting to me that that you've had people tell you that you're not the right kind of representation for a community in that mm-hmm. way because it's it's such a a diverse offerings of what we see from how different people in the queer community present themselves. Right. You know, not just in pro wrestling, but just in general and in, in daily life um, to the point that if you are not having this wide array of presentations, then aren't you just kind of catering back into the stereotype that has persisted throughout the history of pro wrestling in a way? Exactly. And I think what it is, is a lot of, a lot of, you know, heterosexual people see, they, they see gay one way or they see like, they don't, they don't, it's not a regular thing. Like when I try to explain to people, like why I get uncomfortable in public, sometimes I try to explain to them, like, do you know what it's like walking around and you see nothing but heterosexual couples holding hands, kissing on the posters, in movies, in music. And it's, it's like, you don't really see you anywhere. And it's like, from the view of the eyes of another person, like that's all that's ever seen. And some people don't really like think about it that deeply, but it's like, when you finally see someone who is gay, like if you see two men holding hands or two men kissing or, you know, two girls, like, you know, dancing together, it's like, people are like, wait, what's happening? People, they're, they're not, I don't want to say cows to it, but they're not, they're, they're, it's not like an, an open idea for them because it's not what's directly seen or influenced in front of them. Like if you only have straight relatives and, you know, everyone's an aunt and uncle or grandfather or grandma, you know what I mean? So it's like, you will, if you see that, it's like already kind of like, okay, like I've never seen that before and it's off to me. But then you see something like me and it's like, I'm gay. I've got on makeup. I holler top of my lungs. Like, I'm not afraid to sit there and shake my ass. We're revealing, you know, we're revealing gear and stuff. And for some people who have never experienced the gay community, that can be a lot to them. You know, it can be like, whoa, that's like a lot. And it's like, well, if you go to a ballroom or if you go to like a drag show, like this is, this is what it is when you go there. Like it's, it's very, like, it's very in your face, but I just feel like a lot of people just aren't exposed to it in less words. Cause I know I just said a lot there, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I, so I feel like they kind of get like, they, maybe it's like, they feel like it's too much, but it's like, well, 
I don't know if you go to like a, a RuPaul's Drag on, it's honestly not enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, very, it's very, very true. It's interesting to me to think about that idea of like people that are like experiencing like queer culture for the first time and like seeing someone that presents the way that you present like in the ring and to feel overwhelmed and then to have that juxtaposition on what you just described of being like surrounded by heteronormative ideas of how right. we like how, how we live our lives and that sort of thing and to, like it's just a different form of overwhelming except instead of it being an entire culture that's around you it's just one person who is being fucking fabulous in the ring and shoving it down your throat <laughs> <laughs> And they don't want it shoved. They don't want that mama. <laughs> they want it gently eased. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of the things where, like, if, if that's your mindset, I'm like, you really need to kind of take it, like you said, take a step back and look at exactly how our, our culture, the cultural ideas are displayed in just the regular everyday world and, and understand that, like, what you think is in your face uh, is really just a, a taste of, of what is presented here. And it might be trial by fire in a way, if you have never, ever, ever experienced something like that, but it, but at the same time, like that's just something that you need to learn about. Absolutely. It's something that I think we should be exposed to more as a culture. Like I didn't start really getting involved in like gay culture until I was like 20, 21, 22. And I'm like, I would have liked to have known about this when I was like 17, 18, even just like more RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> like, <laughs> something is just as simple as that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm so glad that I feel like that's so much more out there now. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. I, mean, I, I have a, like a similar feeling there. Cause like I, you know, I've been out like since I was 18, but I never really felt like immersed or like a sense of belonging in gay culture for a long time. Now, granted, some of that's because of like bi pan erasure that still persists to this day. But like, you know, I didn't really find my place until I started really like, like I went to a drag show or something when I was like 19. But outside of that, like I'd never really found my place until um, just a few years before I like started doing this and like started covering pro wrestling. And so in a way, I think one of the main reasons why I am so passionate about people like you and people that come on the show is because like, you know, in, in a real way, pro the, the queer pro wrestling culture is my queer culture. And I feel like that is very similar for a lot of, of people that are new to, to what we do in yes. a way, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'll but, tell you, anybody that's never been to a regular wrestling show, or if they even happen to a regular wrestling show, they come to a Pride show, uh, or they come to something I'm on, and they go just like, wow, like, that was awesome. Like, that was so much fun. Like, I had a couple friends that were at um, a PIB last year, and they were like, I did not know it was going to be like this. I was like, yeah, girl. I was like, it's the whole bag. Like, it's 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 a key. <laughs> oh, for and he sure. Was like, he was like, I, he was like, I'm literally going to rent a hotel for next year. He's like, I'm going to have a whole crew of people in here. I'm like, yeah, you're going to need to because that's what that's what it, it's giving. A hundred percent. I mean, Casey, my partner, Casey and I, we were there in the building for 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 uh, PIB last year as well. And, you know, I we both came out of that just being like, this is the most electric environment that i we've ever been in for a pro wrestling show and you know part of that is because of the the new 
presentations and the new ideas and, and the new kind of structures that a pride Absolutely. show presents in that way but also just because of like looking around at the crowd and looking at the the fans that are in there being able to accurately express their own uh presentations of of their identities and in, in the way that they wanted to in, a, in yeah. a safe place that would just like encouraged everyone together like that's really what i pull from a lot of these pride shows is just the the environment it just has a different vibrance to it Absolutely. And that's why it's, you know, wrestling meets ballroom. It's not just a wrestling show. It's a safe space. It's a community of people who are all different and celebrate each other and celebrate, you know, being gay and being bi and being trans and being pan and being whatever you want to be, uh, being able to create yourself, being able to express yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, of course, another big aspect of, of the weekend for you personally is Paris Honors. Um, the second class of this, uh, I guess, as I've been calling it, is basically an LGBTQ Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in a way. <laughs> um, and you are being inducted alongside Larry Legend and Dark Sheik. Yes. Um, what, was, what was it like for you whenever Billy contacted you and, and told you that you were going to be inducted this year? Well, Billy hit me up and Billy was like, he was like, Eddie, when did you start wrestling? And I was like, um, I told him, I was like, well, I found my school at the end of 2012. I was like, but I want to say my first like day of training was like my, like the first like week or two of 2013. And he was like, okay, so basically 10 years period, you're getting inducted. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and a part of me hollered and a part of me was like really like taken aback because like, I don't know. I feel like there's a, there's a lot of people that deserve a spot in Paris Honors. Shit, I think Billy should be in the Paris Honors. I think he should be inducted himself. <laughs> because, you know, he's done a lot for the community. He really has, like, creating PIB. And, like, there's been a lot of people who have come before and tried to do Pride shows, and it became a selfish endeavor. And this is not that. This is a celebration of the community. This is a celebration of who we all are and what we bring to the table. And this is also, you know, our way to stick it to absolutely anyone that's ever told any of us that we didn't have what it takes. We weren't believable, that we weren't good enough, that we weren't, you know what I mean, impactful enough, not intense enough, or, you know, we don't need that. Well, here, yes, you do, because look how much wrestling wants it. They want it and they love it and they're going to keep getting it. No, I mean, I think that's what. It's what wrestling needs, honestly. It does. Yeah. Wrestling needs a gay revolution. <laughs> I I will not deny that at all. You know, and I think we're seeing it more and more as we have like more, not just shows during Pride Month, but we're seeing, you know, shows beyond Pride Month. We're seeing companies formed with LGBTQ leadership. We're seeing companies form uh, that run shows um, throughout the year. And so we're not just being limited to our month, so to speak, in that way. And, you know, you, the reason why you're getting the spot in, in Paris Honors is because, like, you are a major part of that, especially in, in the region where you are up there in the New York, New Jersey area. You know, I, we had Billy on the show a little while ago, and, you know, whenever I was talking to him about you being inducted, like, one thing that he brought to my attention is that you were the first out gay heavyweight champion in the state of new jersey ever um was i according to billy and, and billy has a, a a deep mind for these things 
I mean, I was for all of five minutes. Thanks for <laughs> <Rossi> magic. <laughs> Thanks for believing in me all for five minutes. You're so nice. And also, thanks for the twenty dollars. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, anyways. Yes. But I mean, there's but there is like a, a sense of accomplishment when it comes to to your career you know whenever at least for the people that have watched you from from the outside in you know what i mean like the people that have been wanting this this community and to have the people that we can look up to within the community i feel like you um in the same way that you know maria mariah moreno was celebrated last year it really feels like the this class like you and dark chic um really do feel like trailblazers in a way you know in, in your own paths in pro wrestling um i guess the, my question coming out of, of those thoughts is um really what does this symbolize for you well to be honest when i got involved in wrestling i was really young i was like i had barely been out of high school not even a year and i was just like i really loved wrestling and i was just like you know what i don't see nobody gay in wrestling anywhere at all i was like i was like i love the divas so much i was obsessed with them i still am but there was always a side of me that was like i wish that someone would just go out there and fag the fuck out like why can't i ever see that like genuine just absolute queerness like give it to me like where is it like come on like i'm ready for it like all these pop stars and you know what i mean like all, all like a lot of media panders the gaze it really does because we're such a key but getting into wrestling i really just wanted to prove to myself that i could do it you know mm -hmm. not just you know create a lane for the it was about creating lane for other people it wasn't just that but it was also proving that we could you know what i mean that a gay person could be a wrestler that they they could take those fights and they could take those 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 trials and tribulations that they have that we have the mental willpower to make it through and be strong you know what i mean it's crazy because coming up like i had nobody to go to like i had no safety net I was kind of on my own. Like I didn't even have a car and like I literally got rental cars every single weekend to get to some of my shows because like I was literally that alone. And it's 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 so crazy to think that I may have had a part in creating you know something like PIB and making a way for there to be a community and for there to be a safety net for you know queer talent in wrestling because let me tell you wrestling's a scary place. And there's a lot and you know obviously we've seen from the Me Too movement um there's a there's a there's a lot of 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 vile things that go on to wrestling there's a lot of shady people in it and it's very hard to survive if you're on your own it's really important to have family and you know people that are there with you that support you that remind you that you're loved that you are worth it you know like it's and that's and that's kind of like why i took on house of mcqueen and why i created that because i felt like in wrestling i had been very hurt i had been very used and manipulated by a lot of people and I felt like House of McQueen was my chance to take all that hurt and turn it into something better. And to just have people there who I aspire to, that I love, people that I believe in, that I think are absolutely fucking great. I love Gabby. I love Karen. I love Dez. I think all three of them separately are incredible people, incredible wrestlers. Just They just are great. I love them. 
and they come together and they're there for me and it, it makes me feel whole, you know? No, totally. I mean, that I feel like all the, the talk about like the lack of safety net whenever you entered, like as soon as that, like that thought came up for you, like the first thing that came to my mind was like, well, of course you're going to create a house. Of course you're mm-hmm. going to create something that does connect people within our community together to, to be that safety net. Now it's almost like you have, you have turned yourself into that safety net for a lot of people because like, yes, mm-hmm. you have Gabby and Karen and, and Des there alongside you in, in house of McQueen, but so many people that I have spoken to on this show have, have pointed to you as someone that they trust in pro wrestling and someone that they can, that they can go to um, whether it be, you know, for, for like a, something serious that's on their mind or just to have a fucking laugh and just to feel better about a situation or something like that. Good. That um, makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, it really feels like you have taken on a almost like a, a mentorship role for a lot of what we have seen come out, especially on the East Coast when mm-hmm. it comes to LGBTQ representation. Um how does that make you feel to kind of be viewed as, viewed as a mentor in that way? Honestly, to even say the word vet, I'm like, oh my God, who am I? Like, <laughs> I am not like, because like a girl, a girl, when you're a greenhorn, everyone's pulling the vet card on you. You're like, oh my God, this shit sucks. Like, and then a part of you was like, I can't wait to pull the vet card. And then when you become the vet, you're like, wait, this thing is dangerous. I'm not, this is scary. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, no, it, um, it makes me feel really happy that, you know, people feel comfortable to come up to me and talk to me because, you know, I've been through a lot myself, you know, and I definitely feel like in life you can learn something from everybody. And, you know, anybody that's ever talked to me or come to me for guidance and I've, you know, give them, you know, my word and I try to put them in the best position that I can, for, you know, for them, for, you know, for everybody. Um, I have to sometimes take my own advice because I'll catch myself saying something. And I'm like, Eddie, you should be doing that too. What are you saying? You know what I mean? And it's kind of like a gentle reminder that it's like, okay, if people are looking up to you, you can't slack off and you can't start, you know, being a mess because you're going to make everyone else a mess. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a, a gentle reminder to keep myself in line and to stay, you know, you know, forward thinking and, moving towards the future and building towards you know a happy a happy life mm-hmm. whether that be me in wrestling whether that be you know me owning my business whatever it is you know i just I want to be happy and i want to make other people happy too yeah i was about to say like you know seeing how how celebratory you were about like starting your business and it almost feels like that is like uh, the having that accountability in a way almost adds like an additional level of like structure to things absolutely yeah that's why when i say i'm a one-man army i really mean it like because i'm a i'm I'm basically like sole owner and operator of my business so i do everything i do all my own marketing i do all my own social media posts i do all my own uh, appointment bookings i do all my own consultations obviously i do all the service i do i check them in check them out like so it's like when when I operate my my shop, it's like from start to finish, it is literally me. And then it's like when I leave there, it's like I'm like, okay, well, um, it's like I, I gotta do like real people things too. And on top of that, I'm like, okay, well, I also gotta factor in wrestling or like when I'm gonna be able to, you know, go to pick up this gear or or tape study this match or you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it it, it helps you to keep motivated. It helps you to keep like 
pushing and, and to keep For sure. in that way. Like it, it totally makes sense, you know, and I feel like that's a lot of stuff that can be derived from just kind of living in that pro wrestling world For sure. as you, well. You, yeah. You pick up that hustle mentality and like as a Capricorn, I feel like I, I purposely overload myself so that I feel like I have a purpose. <laughs> and then when I get everything done and I have nothing left to do on my checklist, I sit around like, wow, what do I do? I'm bored. But then like when I'm in the middle of it and overwhelmed, I'm just like, fuck, I just want to hit my bowl and play some Fortnite. Like, <laughs> yo, I feel so, you. Like, uh, one day I'll find the balance. <laughs> <laughs> that is the eternal struggle. Oh, <sighs> Lord. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Obviously, it's going to be a big weekend coming up, and, and I am very, very much looking forward to to your induction and your match um and all that good stuff Le but you know there's a lot about your career that has led up to to this moment for you though mm -hmm. you know obviously you said that you started training in 2013 you entered into yep. pro wrestling at a time where you know we were nowhere near where we are now in terms of um at all lgbtq representation or even the attitudes towards lgbtq people from pro wrestling that way Talk to me about the, like the beginning days for you, like going into training. Like, what was that like for you? What was was there like any fear or like intimidation of wanting to be the the person that you wanted to be in pro wrestling? Um, I think. See, I was already out when it came to wrestling, so for me, it was weird. I like almost like had to come out again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to slowly introduce the gay to certain people when I first started training. Like, I would, I actually would really try to keep my head down and be quiet. Like, I didn't. At first, I was like, am I allowed to tell people that I'm, like, a fag? Or, like, do I have to, like, pretend that I'm straight? 
I'm like, do I have to like stare at this girl's ass who's next to me or like? <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect like, way to act know, straight. You know, you I, someone like me though, I can't, I, I, I can't hide it. <laughs> like, I mean, look at my forearms. Look at, look at me when I deliver a forearm in the ring. It looks like it hurts, but it looks girly. <laughs> so like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, I just started to kind of embrace the gay when I told my trainer, like, I was like, this is kind of what I want to do. He's like, all right, well, we're going to have you be a manager. And I'm like, all right, word. And um, it was definitely hard earning respect for sure. There was quite a few people that were like, oh, I'm not working with Queen. He can't work. And they had never even seen me wrestle. And I remember there was this one time where I actually finally got in the ring with my trainer and like he wrestled a match with me and like everyone came up to him and was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't know he could work like that. And I'm like, why were you prejudging me? <laughs> Like, don't prejudge me like don't do that that's so mean <laughs> but yeah no it was I had to prove a lot of people wrong because I wasn't a typical wrestler like I'm 5'10 like kind of skating on 5'11 like I'm not like super tall you know I'm not an athlete by by any means and when I first started in wrestling I um was doing a lot of cardio and I was very 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 lean I was very skinny I was like 170 pounds like very very skinny um, so like, I didn't look like a wrestler, you know what I mean? I, I looked like, like a, like a twink. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't look threatening. I was like this, like twink in like this, like pink gear. I looked like clean out of like gay Star Trek. Like, <laughs> so like, the, I, you know, I definitely had to, you know, work on improving my look or, you know, uh, picking up certain like things in the ring that I did that looked like not intense enough or that didn't look believable. And I, I would have to like turn it around or, or even incorporate some of that and be like, well, how do I make my weakness my strength? Like, you'll never, you'll never catch me throwing a strike because I, I, I throw harbor strikes. Like, if I'm gonna punch someone, I'm just gonna punch you in your face. Like, I'm not gonna fake punch you. Like, what the fuck is that? Let me just give you a forearm. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. shit, like, hi ya. Like, gonna get ya. Like, I'm gonna throw a forearm. I'm gonna throw a chop. I'm gonna throw a diva boot. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do like a, a throat choke or like I'll do like a back rake. But like, I'm not about to punch you. No, I don't need to punch you. I'm a wrestler. I'm a diva wrestler. I can do diva moves. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's but, really. But yeah, no, but I, I, I definitely, like, like I said, I definitely had to slowly start incorporating certain things that, like, kind of made sense here and there, but, like, working on my intensity and working on how to look more like, um, like, like more like in action or, or larger than life, if that makes sense. And I feel like I started getting the hang of it, though, once I started working. Um, more uh more places on the indies for sure um i definitely trained in a couple of different places um you know i first started training at dtw and then i trained for uh just a very little bit at wxw um i trained one or two times at nwc i've been down to ccw you know i've, I've done open rings at ecpw and now i'm i currently you know come in and out of t2t and that's where i kind of like to you know jump in to get my ring rust off and stuff and take my bumps and stuff because i you know my body hurts a lot like it's caught up to me quick like the past couple of years, I've started having a lot of back pains, like a lot of neck pains. And like, I'm just like, what is it? Whose body is this? Like, <laughs> give me a new one. Can I ever go to the doctor and get a new one for free, please? <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I, that's one of the things I feel like that helped me out was getting in the ring with more bodies and, and you know, getting comfortable with just more wrestling anybody and, and being able to work around anything. And like, that's what really makes you adaptable as a performer. And I feel like, yeah, for sure. There, there was, go ahead. 
Oh, no, you're fine. I just say, at what point did you start to feel like it, things start to click for you? Like, not just like in terms of like, you know, having like confidence in the ring per se, but like this idea that you could present like the, so an authentic version of yourself. It clicked for me by accident one time. Oh, really? Um, so I was doing a talent seminar uh, for Pat Kenny, who used to be a talent relations for TNA Impact. Um, and he was just coming by the school. There was a couple guys there from, you know, the Indies. He was just, like, looking at the area, scouting talent, checking things out. And um, the trainer that was running the seminar had everybody doing a pin drill. And I went last because I went to this talent seminar as a manager. I was not there as a wrestler. I was not a wrestler at the time. I was just a manager. And uh, one of the other wrestlers had showed up late. So, of course, to punish him, um, he went last. But he had no one else to go with him. So I got elected to go into the ring. And I was like, I mean, I do this drill training all the time. It's fine. Like, I'm just going to go in there and do it. And uh, my trainer turns to me. He goes, you lead the drill, Eddie. And I, like, literally about shat myself because I had never done that before. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, of all times for this to be <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a theater nerd. I'm all about improv. Just work, work with what's there. So... They, the, the drill started and I said, hiya! And I just started acting really gay and pulling out a lot of character and being loud and obnoxious and just like using that as like a space in between trying to think about what I'm going to do next to get myself through this drill. You know what I mean? Yeah. But by the time the drill finished, like I got like a round of applause through everyone that was watching and like I got recorded and everything in the back. Like I didn't even know. But the crazy part to me was, is that's when I, that's when it clicked to me. And I was like, you have to always get in the ring. And every time you're in there, you have to act like you're in the ring and you have to act like the character. You can't just be in there and be boring. You have to present something that's going to make people remember you. And that's when I was like, that's how wrestling works. And that's when I was like, okay, well then I like, and you can, most people look at my style. I don't do anything super crazy when I wrestle for the most part, especially if I'm wrestling someone for the first time. I'll do some things that I feel like I can take safely. But for the most part, I want to give you a basic match because I just want to fill you out. And I feel like because I have character work, I'm able to connect with people through that. And I, I don't have to necessarily like do something super crazy every time I wrestle, because if I just do something like, you know, character wise, that's memorable enough or, you know, uh, just a certain moment that can make people laugh or chuckle or, you know, even if I could just sell a move the right way for my opponent or something like I can get sympathy from the crowd. You know what I mean? It's like bringing that personality to wrestling. That's what people gravitate to. That's what people pull to. They want to see who you are. They want to connect to you. And it's like you do that through your body and you do that through your characterization. And that, honestly, that's probably when I, that clicked for me. Yeah. And, and honestly, the way you speak about like the character work that you do in matches and stuff like that, I feel like that's just adds on to or, or really points to what has endeared you to so many people. It's because like, yes, like the actual like, in ring action, you know, you you don't do anything wild over the top or anything like that, but you don't need to. Not always. I, I not always, but every once in a while I'll pull something out, and you know what I mean. I'm just saying, at Paris is bumping. I have been practicing some of the moves. So. Uh oh. Okay. Like I said, I'll, I'll I'll wrestle hard for the promoters that believe in me. I really will. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's not even necessarily the insinuate that you like weren't wouldn't wrestle hard or anything like that, but more so just no, like yeah. I, I feel like so much about what sticks in the mind of of fans of yours is like the glamour is the, the the character it is the presentation of yourself 
as well as like your you have an iconic way of of tearing somebody down whenever you want to with with words. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> So like it's all these different aspects of it to where like you don't have to like be like over the top athletic in a way. And that's really I feel like that is such an integral part of pro wrestling. Like you you hear the complaint from a lot of places about like, you know, uh, too much emphasis being put on like in-ring work and like, you know, people have different tastes in pro wrestling, whatever. That's they do. That's fine. But I think one of the most in the things that endure are are the things that one they stand out and they are consistent. And if there's two things that Abe McQueen is, it is a standout and consistent. <laughs> I try, listen. I try to be okay somewhat. Like I like to give I like to give the girls the fundamentals. When it's needed, I'll give the girls the encore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord. But yeah, no, it's crazy though, because I, I've definitely caught heat from people, you know, people think that like I'm lazy and stuff and like, sure, you can say that I'm lazy because I don't work out hard and like, even though I used to, you know, I don't anymore. I got really bad body dysmorphia, like in my like mid twenties and like, I started really, really hating myself and like, it got really unhealthy. And at a certain point I just said, you know what? Fuck this. I want to eat what I want to eat and I want to feel comfortable in my body and not worry about what the fuck other people think. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to embrace my thickness i don't care you know what i mean this is my size this is who i am i'm not going to sit here and get cracked up on adderall or starve myself to look good for these industry standards i don't care i still surf glamour i still look cute i can still get through a match i'm still an athlete you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i totally do and it's interesting that you bring that up because like we've obviously seen a increase in conversations around body dysmorphia in pro wrestling yeah a lot of people talking about you know the, the pressures that pro wrestling puts on you to have that 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 standard like athletic form absolutely um, that you have but at the same time like you said before about the diversification of queer identities that we see in pro wrestling i i am all the way here for this increasing diversification of body types that we are seeing in pro wrestling me too well. i love it yeah everybody's so different everyone brings something different to the table yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, even if even if the only true benefit of that is to start trying to like quell this this body dysmorphia that so many people in the industry feel, even I mean, that would be that's an amazing thing to happen. But I don't know, like those struggles are like really real in a, in a way. Like, what 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 was there any particular point that just kind of helped you to snap into that moment of where you just needed to like tr- like take care of yourself and treat yourself the way that you needed to be and not really live up to the standards that pro wrestling was trying to put on you the day i started taking care of myself was the day that i went to beauty school mm. that that was when i was like it, I, and it's i was able to balance beauty school work and the gym and wrestling for about like a month and a half two months before i was like completely burnt out i quit my job i stopped working out i finally graduated school and then i just started working full time and like that's kind of like when my life started to transition in a different way and like that's when like the beauty industry kind of took me over what was it that drew you to the beauty industry if you don't mind me asking so wrestling actually funny enough because mm-hmm. um well now i worked reception at like salons and stuff before but i'd never seen myself as a service provider but um i remember thinking like 
shit like WWE has the glam squad like that travels with the girls and they get to do hair and makeup all day and they get to like have a fun life and they still get to be on the road and like be at shows and stuff and I thought to myself like you know if I could never make it as a wrestler or I was never wanted enough as a wrestler and I could you know didn't have the opportunity to be like a referee or a writer or anything like that like I could be you know hair and makeup so let me go to beauty school and when I went there, um, I ended up signing up for aesthetics because I was actually like, you know what? I really don't want to do hair. I hate hair. <laughs> and um, I um, actually really like skin. But when I graduated school, I just got a job as a lash tech. And I just out of nowhere built an obsession over lashes. And obviously, I've turned it into a business now. And it's been very successful so far. No, oh, that's awesome to hear. Like, I, I, I love hearing people that they're able to build something for themselves, like, outside of wrestling as well. Because I feel like sometimes having that alternate avenue helps to, like, keep that passion that you have for pro wrestling from being burnt out. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of wrestlers that have that issue. And this is not to, like, shade anybody or talk shit on anybody, but this is just, you know, real honest truth. I think a lot of wrestlers they depend on their identity as a pro wrestler to make up who they are as a person. And a lot of people put so much into wrestling that if it doesn't work out, it really, really affects the rest of who they are. And it's, it's really healthy to have an outlet that's not wrestling and to have like a a secondary path or a plan B because that's got to make you happy too. Because at the end of the day, wrestling doesn't happen for everybody. In fact, wrestling doesn't happen for most. You get what you get and you have to kind of sometimes be happy with that. And you have to be okay with it, you know? Like, wrestling doesn't need everybody. So you have to be able to stand on your own two feet outside of wrestling and say, this is who I am, and this is who I'll be. Yeah, I mean, it feels like in, a, in you know, some people's minds, like, wrestling is this beast that you tame to your own whim in, in a way, but, like, in actuality, it's like you're just on there for the ride, Honestly, you really are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, could I be bitter that I, I, you know, still haven't got that I don't have a contract or like that I, you know, wish I could be doing more shows? I mean, sure. But also, could I self reflect and could I also, you know, look inside and say, well, you know, if I wanted to, I could start sending emails again. You know, if I wanted to, you know, I could work harder in the gym. If I wanted to, I could, you know, take on the responsibilities that I need to take on in order to take myself more seriously to put myself in the position I want to be in. But a lot of times it's like, do I really want that though? Like, do I want it that badly that I want that to be who I am? You know what I mean? Like, that's always a question I ask myself. And I think that's kind of the beauty of the Indies because it gives you a chance to have a balance. Yeah, it really does. You know, and and also I feel like the Indies also gives you a, a lot more opportunity to find the spaces where you feel like you might thrive the most mm-hmm. in a lot of ways too. Like, you know, obviously, um, prior to a lot of what we've seen now come up in terms of uh, queer-led companies or queer-led pro wrestling shows, like you were involved with a company who, you know, as you know, has some baggage to it now in, in a matter of pride, but since leaving that company, that like you have really been at the center in a way of the the people that have come up in the New York area, in the New Jersey area, to build out an entirely new approach to how we present queer identities, um, and and who benefits from that, like you alluded to earlier, um, yeah. like what was it like for you to kind of come out of 
that period for yourself and to see the community around around you to grow back into this thing that brings people along with it and that cultivates uh, a international movement now from what we're seeing. Yeah, I just feel like I the, the more queer talent started to pop up, you know, uh, Jamie Senegal, Sunny Kiss, myself, you know, Billy Dixon, Ashton Starr, we started to pop up and kind of created a buzz. And then, you know, I, that's when I started hearing about guys like Effie. That's when I started hearing about um, a couple of the other talents on the West Coast, like Jay Vidal. Um, and it's like, you kind of look around, you're like, oh, I think we're starting to do this. And then before you know it, because of social media and because of the way the world works now, we're able to connect so much more easier. And it's able, we were able to kind of create this like network in a way of, of like, okay, we're all queer. Like, let's do something about this. And it, it's great because it didn't happen overnight. It's, 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 it's been a pro it's like not a process, but it's, it's been, it's been a growth period for sure. You know, there's, there's been a lot of growing pains and, you know, figure out what works, what doesn't, what people want, like, where's the right time to do it? When's the right time to do it? Like, and it's also, it's, it's, it's also hard because it's like you get into the locker room with a bunch of other queer wrestlers and it's like, okay, you could say that a fair portion of us are used to just being the queer worker at the show. So it's like, what else do we, can we bring to the table and how, how, how do we make ourselves stand out against the room where everyone just thinks we're all gay? You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that, I think that's why PIB is such a standout because each one of us presents who we are so authentically that everyone really gets to see a different person every time someone comes out. Nothing is the same, nothing at all. And it's crazy because you think a show where you have nothing but queer wrestlers that you would see a lot of the same stuff, but you don't. Everything is different. We all present differently. We all have different looks, different styles, different attitudes. And it's such a celebration of being able to show that like the community is more than just, okay, well, I have my queer worker. I don't need any more gays on this show today. It's so much more than that. Do you feel like that idea of like having your queer worker on a particular promotion or a particular show is starting to kind of go by the wayside now, just from what you've seen um, in the pro wrestling world as of late? Um, it depends where you are. Yeah. It depends on the area you're at. It depends on the promotion because each promotion works differently. There's, you know, there's definitely a lot of places up in Massachusetts that are very, you know, pro LGBTQ. I definitely love to get up there and like mix it up with some of them up there. Um, although sometimes I kind of feel like, nah, eh, that's their place. Let me not intrude on it. But then other times I'm like, oh, but I want to go play. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, no, I just, it, it really just depends where you are because, you know, you could get a story from somebody who comes from, you know, like Southern wrestling and say, oh no, it's still, it's still, you, you gotta be careful in certain areas down here still. You know what I mean? Like you never know. Like I definitely feel like, you know, that would definitely be a question for Ashton Starr for sure, because I feel like mm -hmm. he works in the South and then he gets a chance to come up to New York and work up here so i feel like that would be a really good question for someone like him because he'd probably be able to answer that really well no for sure i i, I feel like yeah there's like there's so many of people like that have that experience in different regions and that sort of thing as well like i don't know it every every promotion in every region is different like you say but i still i just love the fact that like effie bore out of an area where i grew up at in South Georgia, huh. North Florida, that I never would have thought like one of the top queer people in pro wrestling would never would they have come out of like where I grew up. And it is bewildering to me to see that and to know that there are that there are still there's still there are still gates to be cleared, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, 
I think it's also like super important and super gratifying to see like someone like AC Mack too, like right there with Ashton in the Atlanta area. Absolutely. Um, 100%. Yeah. To have our first like out gay male world champion be from Atlanta. It's just, I don't know. Like it's, yes, there are, there are still a ways to go in many different areas of the country, but it just feels like more and more our people are being like welcomed in, in a way, so to speak. For sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that more people are starting to see and open their eyes or be more open-minded because it's, it's, you're honestly, you're missing out. We're fun. We're a key. That is very, very true. <laughs> It Besides, is your damn whole plan is gay anyway, please. <laughs> Everybody's kissed a dude or gotten a blowy, please. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about it. Shush, man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you personally like obviously you there are many people that, that speak your praises and many people that point to you as as you know being this this um figure for people to look up to as they're coming into pro wrestling now from our community where do you personally see yourself right now and at this point of your career like what what role do you see yourself playing honestly i really don't know um i've been doing a lot of thinking about that recently because i just don't know like where i stand in wrestling i guess in Mm -hmm. a sense like i'm gonna be 30 in january i've been wrestling since almost right after high school. Like, I really don't know an adult life without wrestling in it. And I'm almost 30 years old. That's crazy to think about, you know? So a part of me is just kind of like asking myself if I've given myself, if I've given enough to wrestling. And then the other part of me is asking, you know, well, do you still have more to give, you know? And there's always that question because there are a lot of, you know, young queer kids coming up from wrestling now and they really do need mentors and strong pillars of people who can point them in the right direction and make sure that they grow in the right ways and like don't have to deal with the same traumas or make the same mistakes that, you know, someone like me did. And it's, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's something I think about a lot, but I definitely, I'm going to forever be at PIB. Like, I'm going to, like, literally, like, have my retirement there <laughs> like, when I'm, like, 70. I'm going to be at a retirement home. It's just going to say the paid retirement home. I'll there be there go. with Billy Dixon. <laughs> we'll have matching walkers. They'll have, like, mine will be rhinestones. <laughs> I won't it... remember my name. Neither will Billy. But it'll be totally fine. <laughs> no, it's, it sounds very fitting, honestly. And, and you know, a, a lot of what you just said, like, kind of reminds me a lot of what, what Billy said whenever, you know, he made his announcement that he was stepping away from the ring um, last month. Um, you know, that idea of your entire adult life being, like, not necessarily dominated, but being influenced by this this beast that is pro wrestling and almost, like, preventing you from, like, laying certain foundations for yourself, laying certain structures down for yourself. Like, obviously you've been able to, to do some of that with, you know, establishing your business and going right. to beauty school and stuff like that. Do you feel, is that, I mean, obviously there's a lot between you and Billy. There, there's a lot of kindred spirit there in a way. Um, do you feel like that is something that, that you missed out on in a way because of getting into wrestling at such a young age? Sometimes I just wonder what, my life would have been like if I had found the beauty industry sooner 
because like I think to myself now like I have a five-year plan for my business like I work there by myself now but eventually I want to get a storefront I want to have my own line of products I want to have my own training programs I want to hire my own employees I want to have full-blown salons I want to have like training courses so that I can share knowledge in the industry and help create you know, other great artists, like that's like basically my plan. I'm just, I'm just constantly trying to grow and get bigger and just help and, and have help people help me and help me help people. If that makes sense. Like, I just want to grow and make this the world better than I found it. I want to, you know, make something that means something. And I want to have something that lasts for, you know, a legacy. Like I want like my, you know, if my, anybody in my family ever needs something to be able to just be like, Hey, I got it. Boom. Cause you know what? It's on Diva Lash. You know what I mean? Like, it's really important. And sometimes I'm just like, hmm, if I had never gotten into wrestling, like, would I be a millionaire right now? Like, right now, would I have millions of dollars in my bank account? But then I also ask myself, like, would I have been the same person if it wasn't for wrestling? Because wrestling really helped me grow in a lot of ways and helped me become, you know, a man, but also, you know, a diva. It helped me become who I am as a person. And um, I've had a lot of great memories in wrestling. Wrestling's been a fucking blast. I mean, I, it's also been the absolute worst thing to ever happen to me in my life. But like, <laughs> wrestling has, it has wrestling has been a blast. I've met a lot of amazing, amazing people. I have friends that are going to be my friends for life. You know what I mean? I've gotten to meet some of my idols, people that I literally only saw through a computer screen or a TV screen and like never like really ever thought I would, you know, imagine them in the human form and see them in front of me, let alone have them buy me a drink or shit. You know what I mean? Like, or even wrestle matches with them. It's like, it's crazy. Like wrestling, it it really, like wrestling is really like, there's nothing like it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I look back and I'm just like, eh, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm happy how things are going. And I have, and like, although sometimes I do think to myself, like what, what could have, could have, what could have, should have, you know, I'm, I also think to myself, like, damn, like I still did that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was so cute. Like that was so fun. You know what I mean? Like what a blast. Like. No, it, I mean, that's a wonderful place to kind of land on there to have that, that can, that level of content in a way yeah with your journey you gotta be okay with being okay you you know what i mean you got you gotta be like i feel like i don't know when i was definitely early on in my wrestling career like i definitely wanted to be signed very badly and like i wanted to be signed just because i wanted to be able to be there like that was the dream you know what i mean but like sometimes when i think about what it takes to actually be there i'm like hmm, do i really want to become that kind of person do i really want to be that person is that really what i want you know what i mean yeah it's kind of like figuring out what the dream entails and if that actually fits into what you as you continue to evolve and, and learn about yourself like does that fit into what this version of yourself wants out of right. life as opposed to what say like 19 year old eddie wanted exactly no it makes total sense i mean i think it's a perfectly like human way to experience these sort of things and to evaluate these sort of things and you know it honestly just speaks more to i think why people value you in the pro wrestling world right now is because you have this these these experiences and this wisdom to hand down honestly which which is crazy because it's like <laughs> I've, I've i've gained all this, this this these things that i've learned along the way and it's like you don't even realize until you take a step back and you're like holy shit like look at everything that i did like i really that, me i did that me like I, that was what like no you're little old eddie 
no way. And then I think to myself, like, it's, it's crazy because every once in a while I think to myself, like, you know, it's crazy. If, if little Eddie, if little 15-year-old Eddie could see me now, I, when I was 15 years old, I couldn't wait to have a Beamer. I bought my first BMW last year. I've had my BMW for a whole year now. I'm a business. I became a wrestler. Like 50 year old me would have been like, who is this bitch? Like, who is she? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so uh, life is crazy. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over the place. Someone help me. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> well, as we wind down here a little bit, Eddie, um, I always like to kind of end stuff on, on, on a fun note. Okay. Uh, so to speak. So I have to ask you, what um what was a wilder experience for you trying to um <laughs> trying to uh bring along jamie senegal in, in in her early days in pro wrestling or that first pib shoot where y'all were in a bar in the middle of nowhere well, I mean, Jamie and I almost died together one time on a road trip. So that trumps it. That's, that the, that, that's the answer. <laughs> that, that was an experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> glad we can laugh about it now. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Just crazy because that happened six days before the very first Pride show that we did. Oh, the really? same one where I wrestled an eight man tournament where I had three matches in a 120 degree building, did not get paid. <laughs> Lay it down the groundwork. God. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking, what, what happened with, with you and Jamie? Uh, it's okay you if you don't want to go into it. but uh, Well, I mean, it was just late at night. Um, there was another car on the road. I wasn't driving. I was actually in my phone. All of a sudden, I just heard a big bam. And then we were flipping over upside down oh, in shit. a convertible with the top down. Yeah, oh, crazy. fuck. Yeah, no, it was it was fucking insane. I remember when it happened, I literally thought, like, I'm dying. This is how I die. Like, I'm going to die. And, like, everyone's going to have to go to my funeral. Mm. I was like, is this? And I remember thinking, like, my neck's going to break off. Like, this is this is how I die. Like, this is it. Like, my whole literally my whole life flashed before my eyes. It was honestly a very crazy moment. And I actually don't talk about it a lot, but I do have slight PTSD from that car accident. Um, anytime I hear, like, really loud banging noises, whether I, um, and usually, especially if I'm in a car, if I like run over a pothole or like I just hear like a loud bang sound, it'll actually really jar me. And sometimes I'll even like scream at the top of my lungs real quick because it like it kind of brings me back for a second. Um, I feel like over the years it's kind of gone away more and more. Like there are still times where I find myself really startled by loud noises. Um, and I'll even get like 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 kind of like almost like in a rage when it happens. I'll get like so mad that I kind of get brought back to that. But then I like I just take a breath and I'm like, you're fine, Eddie. You're you're in reality, girl. Calm down. Like. <laughs> you know you survived you you know you had you had your guardian angel over you like you're good girl uh, you definitely did you definitely did well that that's not a fun let's let's talk about let's talk about that the, the paris is bumping the first one in in the bar just so we could close out on on a on a fun memory for you because that that whole that whole presentation just it had this this level of like rawness to it in a way because of the the way that y'all pulled that off down there yeah what was that what was what was that experience like for you to go down there and just like in the middle of nowhere i think it was like what delaware or what or maryland or something or somewhere in there 
And well, to be honest, a lot of wrestling shows are in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, a it's lot true. Of times, like it's in wrestling venues. I'm like, am I getting murdered? Is there actually a show happening? Or like... <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, that was one of the a whole. I want to say it was like maybe my my second or third show, like after COVID hit. So like, it was nice to be around people and like be able to like interact socially and like get back to kind of the groove like the part of wrestling is making art right so it's like billy was kind of like all right y'all this is our canvas do what you will and we were all just kind of like period let's do this and i think it was just that that's kind of what made it so fun everyone was able to put together something different and we all just went out there and beat each other's asses which is what people want when they watch wrestling <laughs> they want to get their ass beat like that they want they want violence they want hurt <laughs> and glamour and beauty and poise you know yes <laughs> the whole the whole mix yes but yeah it was it was definitely fun i remember like jokingly telling billy i was like yeah i'm gonna be the diva champion that night he was like do it go ahead he's like i'll totally announce it as a diva championship i was like no you won't i was like stop it <laughs> and he was like bitch i'm dead ass i was like period i'm bringing it down <laughs> <laughs> and now that has turned into this whole like years long thing now of you as divas champion and, and you and saint sinclair battling over, the, over this title i'm just waiting for wwe to be like um sis <laughs> <laughs> so i could be like um contract <laughs> <laughs> exactly <gasps> where's the exchange in this daddy <laughs> Vinny, baby give me that contract daddy come on you trying to make some money i got i can make you some money <laughs> do you like money who doesn't <laughs> right <laughs> my, my inner capricorn jumped out <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> well, eddie this has been an absolute <sighs> treat thank you so much for coming on the show um and taking time out before a very very busy weekend for the entirety of, of yes, I'm so wrestling. Let oh, everybody know where I they can. To... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I about to say I have to rewrite some of my shoes. Um, and my gear is gonna be finished next week. Nice. I'm I'm, I'm wondering to so how you're cute. gonna top last year. Honestly. Oh. Oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Ah, oh, that's gag. So good. <laughs> Well, Eddie, let, let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can check out uh, Pride and Vibe Weekend. Uh, if you guys want to check me out on Twitter, on Instagram, I am at the fabulous life. But the last E is a three. So it's like lift three. So yeah, don't forget to spell fabulous correctly because I know a lot of you forget the, the, the second U and I don't know how that happens. It ends up like fabulous, but it's F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. Reference the Carmela theme, y'all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's right there for you. It is. It's <laughs> a cute little jingle. Come on, y'all. But yeah, um, I'm on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, if anyone's interested in following my uh, business page, I do. Um, it's eyelashes by Eddie E D D Y. Um, that's my business page. That's Diva Lash. If you want to check out my work, see what it is that I do, you can go ahead and check that out. Give some support. Give it, you know, likes and stuff. I could appreciate any kind of like or or follow that I get. It helps build my my um, my profile and it helps get me seen by other people. You know, that's really the goal. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you. Uh, bye, Brian. Bye. 
my thanks once again to Eddie for, for taking the time to sit down and chat ahead of a, a huge weekend for, for him and so many others. Pride and Vibe is going to be off the charts. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. I cannot wait. As you're listening to this, I'm probably just hours away from getting on a plane to get out there um, and to be able to take in this uh, outstanding weekend of, of queer pro wrestling with my, my own eyes. Um, and also, uh, if you're listening to this, you might have already seen the announcement that we are also doing our first merch drop. Yes, LGBT in the Ring has merch, and we're going to be bringing some exclusive stuff to Pride and Vibe Weekend. So keep an eye on the Twitter account if you haven't seen it yet. But go check that out, because that's going to be announced at some point on Thursday, what we'll be having there for all of you that love the show to finally be able to rep it a little bit, I guess. I, I don't know. Either way, it's, it's cool stuff. I, I am super excited to, to share it all with you. And um, all designed by, uh, by queer designers as well because we keep it all in-house. We keep it all in family. That's what we do. Um, but I'm going to leave you there with that. Check out Pride and Vibe this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern on IWTV. It's going to be live both nights. It's going to be outstanding. If you're there in the building, come say hi. I'll be there. Me and KC will be there. Um, and, yeah, other than that, um, I guess I'll just leave you with the usual. Y'all stay messy. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated and boosted, if at all possible. And a very happy birthday to Bryn Thorn. Six, six, six.